Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We are really excited you've chosen this episode to listen to along with many others. Hopefully you're choosing to do that as well. If you would leave us a rating and review, we sure would appreciate it. Helps us get better, helps other people find the podcast. So thank you in advance for doing that. It takes like 30 seconds. So if you would, that would be amazing. I am your host, Ben Trueblood, alongside producer Nathan. What's up? And we are thrilled to have Brent Crow on our episode today to talk about a couple of things that I think you are going to find really, really helpful, insightful as listeners. You know, that, like we have a lot of friends on the podcast and then we have friends on the podcast. And my good friend, Brent Crow, vice president of Student Leadership University out of Orlando, married to Christina, six kids, doctorate of philosophy, two master's degree, one in evangelism and one in ethics from Southeastern Seminary is the author of many titles, including Moments Till Midnight, and a new one that we are going to get to, new book that we're going to talk about at the end. So that's your teaser to stay around and hear the new thing that's coming from Brent. And we're going to talk about this. is Brent, this is really one of those unique moments. Like you have a Bible study and a book coming out within a week of each other. Yeah. So that you have... My friend, you have been writing for a while. Yeah, I I do. I don't. I don't know if that says anything about me or if that's more of you know. Well, Lifeway's just you know letting guys that have been sitting on the bench get in the game a little while or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, all I want to know is how do I get a cool stage name like producer Nathan? Because that feels <laughs> like somebody who's performing at clubs and running the turntables and you know. I mean, producer Nathan is like. That's T-shirts right there. There needs to be T-shirts that say have his face and say producer Nathan on it. Oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> don't ruin it, producer Nathan. Just nod, man. Just nod. That's okay, okay. Great. Nathan, I do think like there is some surprise that I have that as interested as you are in all things technical and music, that you have never began the hobby of trying to DJ. Like that does surprise me a little bit. You should be DJing, Nathan. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't listen to enough music to know what's out there to stay hip. I mean, I, I love behind the soundboard. So like I will, I will gladly do, you know, mix a concert, all that kind of stuff. Done plenty of that in my life, which I love. But I don't know about the yeah. whole, I'll get up and preach, but I don't know about the whole get up and be the DJ thing. I don't know. I got to oh, dig real deep it. to be that kind of performer. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Like you got it. And you know what? You should only respond to producer Nathan. So when somebody goes, hey, Nathan, you just need to keep walking, right? I mean, it's yeah, just, just producer like- Nathan. <laughs> be like, that's not me. I don't know who you're talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brent, we want to start off, uh, like I said, and we'll we'll continue to hang the carrot of we're going to talk about Brent's new book uh, towards the end of the episode today. So stick around for that. But uh, where I wanted to start is uh, this new Bible study that you have uh, coming out the first week of November. And it's a book study on Philippians. But what I think is really cool about it is that it is like the title is learning to lead as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. And you walk through the book study of Philippians to show leadership. And that's a really unique take on the book of Philippians. And so I would love for you to talk about how you see Philippians as this kind of leadership manual. Uh, and that's where we'll start. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, 
the entire word of Bible, of course, let me just go ahead and say this because we live in an age of, of gotcha, you know, oh, you take a little sound bite and twist it. And so let me just say this in advance. I, I believe that the word of God is, uh, been given to us exemplifying the mission and the heart of God for the people of God. So Mm. I'm getting that out of the way up front. Okay. I I hold (laughs) to a very historic Christianity view uh, of the word of God. Um, And, uh, but there are moments in which you go, wow, the relevant, this, this, narrative, this letter, this event, whatever it may be in scripture, is incredibly relevant to Mm -hmm. the circumstances that we're going through in culture. And the relevance of Philippians to where we are right now, the reason I think it has a lot to say with how we can navigate the the landmine of our the landmines of our culture and come out the other side having influenced for the glory of God is because the circumstances in Philippi and the circumstances in our culture really almost mirror each other in their struggles. And what I mean by that is this, that Philippi was a very divided, dare we even say polarized culture. Uh, there had been this this giant bloody battle in, in uh, uh, BC the 31 called the Battle of Actium. And the whole place, the whole joint had been resettled. And this, so that you've got this very strict kind of Roman Empire colony thing going on where people who formerly were citizens are no longer citizens. And now the only true citizens in the city are the people who conquered the city. So soldiers in the Roman Empire would conquer a city, a land, a people, a region, a country. And then would settle, they would conquer, then they would colonize. And so they conquered, they colonized, they moved their families in. So what happens is if you were to fast forward three or four-ish generations, the Apostle Paul has now planted the first church in Philippi, first church in, in Europe, in Philippi. And Every, people are getting saved and the movement of God, and it, it's really awesome. There's just one problem. There's two groups of people that hate each other, and I use the word hate. Mm. And that is those who had citizenship and lost it and those who now have citizenship. And so now you got three generations later, you got people walking down the street who are going, man, I'm a citizen and I enjoy all the luxuries of being a citizen. By the way, citizenship was a big deal then. As it is now, I mean, it was your citizenship to Rome was a passport to the world. You could buy yeah. things, you could go places, you enjoyed certain protections. I mean, it was a really big deal. And so, you got people with citizenship, and then you got people without citizenship. And the people with citizenship are going, "Well, my great granddaddy, I didn't have anything to do with my great granddaddy fighting in the Battle of Actium in BC 31." And the other guy's going, "Well, I, I know you didn't have anything to do with it, but I'm still displaced." And but yet both of them come to faith in Jesus, and now we got to figure out how to get them together. Wow! And Paul is trying to solve that from hundreds of miles away in a jail. Paul solving the problem of polarization in a city, first church in Europe, 
and he's not there in person. He's doing it through letter. That's why I say it's a pretty good uh, example of, of, of how to lead. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You have, uh, you know, you mentioned, you described a situation that, um, that does sound very light, very much like a lot of situations that, uh, are going on right now. How you are, uh, a leader, you interact with lots of leader, you teach on leadership. How has the polarization of life right now affected leadership and someone who is aspiring to take on the mantle of leadership in some way? I mean, obviously this podcast is directed towards student pastors, but just leadership in general, how is the polarization of our moment of, of our generation affected someone's desire to leadership? Yeah. Well, Ben, you said at the beginning how close we were in your family. And so uh, I'm going to answer that question like you and I were just sitting, uh, having a cup of coffee, and we were being as honest as we could with each other. Uh, I think it's affected in this way. Um, Everyone is assuming the worst about a leader now. Mm -hmm. There is an embedded bias that there must be something wrong. There must be some skeletons in that leader's closet. Let's figure out what that is. Um, we have become a, and I'm not throwing shade on culture, but we have become a, a very cynical, I wouldn't even say cautious, I would say skeptical, cynical, skeptical yeah. people about all things that have to do with those who are in leadership positions, those who are aspiring to leadership. Why would you ever do that? All leaders, look at how they act. They all have some kind of, they all should have a podcast done around their, their, their faults. And, and, and Mm. for some that may be true, but for that to be the generalized now, now think about this. We as followers of Jesus who wake up new creations in Christ every day and will never become old creations in Christ have every reason in the world to both edify and be positive about what is ahead. Because for the Christian, the all the best is always yet to come. Hmm. And what's happened is somehow we've got it twisted in our minds where we feel like it's our job to be skeptical of everything and everyone. And that only leads to um, that only leads to a very unhealthy place. And it only leads, only leads to unhealthy cultures with inside our, our churches. So that may be more than you wanted, but that I think it's, it's having a pretty big effect. Yeah, for sure. You know, you've, I've heard you define or talk about leadership in the sense of leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I've for gosh, <laughs> two decades now, maybe 15 years, I've heard you talk about leadership as that being the setup. Yeah. Uh, like I can remember having a group of students at SLU 101 there in Orlando and you kicking off talking about, let's get one thing straight at the beginning of this leadership journey. And that's that it begins at the feet of Jesus. And you do this throughout your study and walk through Philippians mm-hmm. as well. And so for people who are unfamiliar with, mm-hmm. with that phrase, 
and leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. Unpack that for a little a little bit for us. What do you mean when you say that? And how does that then affect our leadership as, as yeah. student ministry people and students that we desire to right. pour into to grow their leadership? Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. Leadership begins at the feet of Jesus simply means that leadership is devotional before it is practical. You know, mm-hmm. I did my my doctoral work in uh, boy, it's going to sound fancy, but I did my 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 PhD is in the is in uh, uh, leadership theory and applied theology. I mean, that just sounds so uh, honestly. It was studying the history of all these theories that it, it was very boring in some sense and very, but. Everything I studied from an academic perspective level, from a, from a uh, best practices, everything had to do with execution. Every leadership mm-hmm. book, every study that's ever been done, every everything is about how do we produce more, execute more, get more, get stuff done. And, you know, but as a follower of Jesus, my influence is something that is granted to me and I am to be a steward of it. That's what we see in the creation narrative. We don't see, oh, here's the best practices. No, 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 no. You you were created in the image of God. Part of that means that you have the freedoms and responsibility to steward something, and in their case, creation, and to steward it according to God's desired will. So we were created for influence. Leadership begins at the feet of Jesus simply means that our influence falls under the banner of the fact that we are disciples. Now, it's a lot of times people use this term leadership in a very flippant way. We'll go, hey, that student over there, yeah, they're a great leader. What we mean is they show up and do stuff. Yeah, that's right. But we also mean it the same way that we mean, but they're also a great disciple. And we, it's unfortunately, we've made those terms synonymous in some of our, our vocabularies or some of our dictionaries. But the truth is they're not. We are disciples first. And that big, giant word, disciple, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, we spend a lifetime talking about it. And I'm we're suggesting that just one of those areas is uh, influence, is leadership. And so it's something that we we're, we steward before we execute. It's devotional before it's practical. It's, okay, this is part of my identity, so this has to be filtered. I was created for this, so this has to be filtered through my identity as a follower of Jesus first. And uh, I think when we, when we, I think if we have that as the starting point, then we're never going to get to the place where we're arrogant jerk leaders. Uh, or where we only care about just getting tasks done and we don't care about people, or we become narcissistic, or whatever the problem may be. When you yeah. start with leadership begins at the feet of Jesus, you stay humble. Hmm. And God gives grace to the humble, but he rejects the proud. So uh, I think it's really, really important to having an entire philosophy and paradigm of influence. You have... Uh... The, the for the study the videos that go along with it I think are a really intriguing part of this and I think for student ministries that decide to grab groups of students and walk through this together this is going to be one of those things that is really valuable because you 
you talk to people that have held leadership positions um, and some of these people that will be new introductions to yeah. a lot of the teenagers that hear this and conversations that aren't available right. to a lot of people are made available through this. And I, I think that's something that's really, really special uh, kind of legacy archive type yeah. stuff yeah. here. So I would love for you pull out a couple of those conversations yeah. um, that you were able to have and kind of what you walked away with from those conversations. Yeah. Well, first, first of all, Lifeway was, was, gracious enough to do something different. Um, and, and so Lifeway students is like, Hey, let's do a Bible study and here's some different books you can choose from. And what do you think? And, and then to have a guy turn around and go, Hey, let's do it on Philippians. And then let's get a camera crew and run around the country interviewing. It was just a very different thing. Yeah. And, and by the way, we're going to interview people who are very well respected in their arenas and tribes but the audience probably has no idea who they are. And so for Lifeway to be like, cool, let's do that. It's a good, it was, so yeah, I'm very, yeah. very grateful. Um, you know, we interviewed, I wanted to interview people who were in the arts, people who were in sports, people who were in uh, the public square and government and military and, and some ministry people and some business people. And we just wanted to get a, a pretty good, you know, uh, uh, sampling of people. And we, so my parameters were, I wanted people from a multiplicity of arenas in culture. Number one, number two, I wanted proven leaders. I don't want some 30 year old with a startup that's now a millionaire. Um, so I wanted people who were in the third and fourth quarter of their journey. Um, yeah. and then I wanted leaders who were proven in the sense, number three, that they were proven in the sense that they were, um, they were more respected now than when they began, when they began, mm. you know, we got a, we got a crisis in leadership going on, which we've talked about already, but where leaders are losing respect at the end of their journey all. And, and so I wanted folks that had maintained that reputation. Uh, so I interviewed a Colonel, uh, a retired Colonel, uh, one of the, a guy that had been shot down in a helicopter and, when when was one of three men who were dropped behind uh in in the dark in iraq to scope it out before there was ever any no matter what you politically think about that uh three guys went in in under the cover of darkness with no help just to feel out the landscape while saddam hussein was still in power so that i mean that, that guy you know i interviewed a guy yeah. who started his own who started uh a, a national basketball team uh the, the orlando magic i interviewed uh a movie producer interviewed um uh ann graham lots the daughter of dr billy graham and uh, an incredible bible teacher in and of her own right interviewed an activist who had been um arrested multiple times even had her her court tried before the supreme uh her case tried before the supreme court and she's she's in the uh, she's in the right to life movement. Um, but the interview that stood out the most to me, Ben was the interview that I didn't get to do face to face. Hmm. So we went to DC to interview the chaplain for the United States Senate, chaplain Barry Black. We were supposed to interview him in his office. 
It had been scheduled for weeks or months or whatever, you know. And then the January 6th riots happened. Hmm. And so I, the closest I could get to the to his office <laughs> was standing on the other side of the fence that was being guarded, the temporary fence that had been put up after the riots, that was being guarded yeah. by our military. And so I'm sitting here going, we're, we're trying to help students who want to use their influence for the glory of God create a better culture than what we have. And the reason we're doing it is using Philippians is because Philippians is, parallels our culture so much and in the fact that we're a polarized culture. Then I go to D.C. to interview the chaplain of the Senate, and we can't do the interview face-to-face because of polarization. Like I'm looking, I'm at the gate. I can't, I mean, nobody gets in, you know, they weren't letting any civilians in at that point. It was just staff and Senate and, and, you know, the Congress. And so, uh, so I ended up going to the hotel room and interviewing him over, over a computer screen and he's two miles down the street. Hmm. And you go, I mean, there's just a part, if ever there was a need for a study, uh, on this book, it is now. And uh, and so that stood out to me quite a bit. Um, a fun moment that stood out to me was when I was interviewing uh, uh, Colonel Kim Poole. And he was on his way out of Iraq one time. And he took great pride in, in, in safety, like making sure he didn't lose anybody under his watch. And, and of course he has, but doing everything he could to minimize casualties. And um, and one of the things he had focused on was uh, uh, surface-to-air missiles and how to detect that in our helicopters and helicopters not getting shot down. So he's on his way out of Iraq, just uh, for him a normal day, and uh, he gets shot down. And he wakes up in a hospital, um, and he's if you ever meet Colonel Poole, just one of the kindest. He never raises his voice. He smiles most of the time. He's one of those guys that is just the kindest man on the planet, but he can kill you with his pinky. I mean, he's just that guy. <laughs> and so he wakes up in the hospital and he, he they say, sir, there's there's been there's been a helicopter crash. And he sits up in the bed and he starts going through the list of safety protocols and the technology that had been installed in these helicopters. So this wouldn't happen. And he's he's angry. And they go, whoa, whoa, hey, no, wait, 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 Colonel, you were the one that was shot down. <laughs> he didn't even know he was shot down. <laughs> and he woke up in this helicopter. So there was a lot of cool moments in those all those different interviews that we were gracious enough to be able to do. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for people to see those and walk away with the leadership lessons from that. Uh, student pastors, you know, we... You obviously know this. I mean, the, the podcast is called Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. And so we, we from time to time, talk about things that we're doing. Not every episode, but we do talk about it. And this one is especially close to uh, my heart because of the relationship I have with Brent, but also because of the belief that I have in students embracing the mantle of leadership. That's right. That teenagers are capable of leading that leadership and influence is available for all of them, not just the ones that naturally we would look at and say, oh, that's a leader. Uh, 
but it is available for all of them. And it's something that God has continually reminded me of both as a student pastor in the local church during those years uh, and from this seat at Lifeway that uh, that students are capable, desiring even to take on the mantle of leadership. And so I would encourage you to check out this study uh, from Brent Crow. It's the Philippians study that he has coming out. The release date is November the 5th. And so you can check it out at lifeway.com there. But uh, Brent, I, I mean, also it's, wanted it's to a seven week moment. study, if I, you know, Ben, so it's not a big, yep. it's not a huge commitment of time. If you're going, I just want to do something with my student ministry. It's designed for the entire student ministry, but if it's something you just want to take a handful of students through and you got, well, I don't have a ton of time, it's a seven week study. So you could, you could do it over a weekend with a retreat if you so chose, you know? So it was, yep, we, that's we, right. we designed it to be, um, uh, very doable, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super accessible. Uh, learning to lead as a disciple of Jesus is the title of that. But Brent, I also want to talk because I mean, you used your quarantine time wisely <laughs> with, with all of this, uh, all of this work that you've been doing, but you also have a book coming out. Uh, with B&H uh, Publishers. It's called 10 Steps to Your Best Life, Connecting the New Normal to the Ancient Wisdom of Jesus. And uh, I'm excited to get my copy of it. Uh, I, I believe, at least at the recording of this podcast, it was it's the same week that you held the copy for the first time mm-hmm. uh, in your own hands. And that is a special, special day. Yes. Uh, and so... Man, I would love for you just to give us, uh, give us the primer on on the book on ten steps to your best yeah. life, uh, and what what people can expect from that. Well, you know, it, you're right. I mean, I've only this book came in a couple of days ago, so it it's it's still got that new car smell, if you will, right? And, uh, <laughs> um, right. and it's uh, it's one of those deals where it, you, you it's one thing to see a screen and you print stuff out and mark it up and go through the editing process a thousand times over and, and, and it's painful and, but you got to create it as well, all of that. But then to hold it, that is, you're right. A very, very special, uh, as you know, Ben moment, um, uh, you know, 10 steps to your best life. If we're not careful, sounds like a self-help book. It's not the subtitle is just mm. as important as the title connecting the new normal to the ancient wisdom of Jesus. And the idea is we don't need self-help, but we certainly need the Savior's help to figure out a paradigm for living. Uh, I, I, along with you and everybody else, probably keep hearing folks say, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. Now, what I, I think what people mean sometimes is, is I can't wait to get to that place where I don't have to worry about this anymore, or I'm not, uh, displaced by the pandemic anymore. And it doesn't matter what you think about the pandemic. It doesn't matter your view on the virus, on the, on, on the disease, on the, on the vaccines, on any of that stuff. We can all admit this. It's, it's, it's disrupted our lives quite a bit. And, right. and normal went on vacation. And this is a book that's just simply to say, Hey, it's, it's a permanent vacation. It's never coming back. So we don't need to quit, quit. We need to quit waiting for normal to come back from vacation and look to Jesus to discover a new normal. 
a new way of living. And so the, I took two, 10 of teachings from the ministry and the life of Jesus and basically constructed a paradigm for living um, that was very workable, very doable, um, and uh, honestly just uh, uh, had a sacred simplicity to it. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, I mean, I could dive into any of it, but it's the primer is <laughs> it's a paradigm for living that's always worked, that will work, and lives itself following in the footsteps of Jesus. And it's very practical. Well, I'm super excited to read it. Um, it is one thing you can count on uh, with Brent is that it will always be true to Scripture. Uh, it will always be focused on Christ and uh, I have no doubt that that's where this one will be as well. So I, I am excited to dive into it personally and hoping to do that in the next uh, in the next few weeks. That is out the first week of November. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So you can you can have double up on you your go. Brent Crow that there week. <laughs> there it is. Well, I, you know, the, I will say this, the. The, when you write a book, then you're accountable to the words that you've read, that you've written, you know, and that's always yeah. fun when you're married. Cause then now the more mm. you write, and I think this is my, I don't, this is my sixth or seventh book, but, um, the, the more you write, the more fuel you give your spouse to be able to set, hold you accountable to things you've said. <laughs> and so, uh, I do a whole chapter on, there's a chap, whole chapter on rest and that there are five kinds of rest identified in scripture. And so it's a whole chapter on how to discover your rest cycle. Um, mm. And so I was, uh, uh, you know, we were looking at the spring calendar yesterday, my wife and I, and uh, it's pretty busy. You know, we've got a tour going on, yeah. we got this, we got that, we got this, you know, you end up saying yes to a few things here, there, yonder. And before long, the whole calendar gets kind of full, you know, and, and a lot of responsibilities, a lot of meetings, a lot of good opportunities. And so my wife is looking at the calendar and, and we're looking at doing some scheduling together. And I look over and she's flipping through the book and she gets to that <laughs> chapter on rest. And she's going, where's the rest cycle in the calendar? I can't find the rest. How do you discover your rest cycle in this calendar? And so it's uh, one of my favorite things is the more you more content you create, the more the more accountability you have. <laughs> that's that's true. Well, Brent, it's always good to spend some time with you, either through this or in person. And I hope uh, the in-person comes again very soon, my friend. Thank Amen. you for being willing to be on this with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. You guys are the best, man. And anything, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, Ben, your, your voice in student ministry is not helpful. It's essential. And so uh, stay in the fight, buddy, and keep helping. I mean, you're resourcing, you're equipping, you're you're serving the church in, in a way that uh, um, a lot of us out here are grateful for. So so keep keep fighting the good fight, my brother. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You can find Brent Crow on social media. Uh, Brent, you want to give him the give him the social media handle real quick? Yeah, yeah. My handle is at Brent A Crow. It's Brent A Crow because you know, years ago, a middle schooler took Brent Crow and posted about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so, uh, at Brent A. Crow across <laughs> all platforms. <laughs> I, I got into it. Too I late. love it. 
<laughs> so you can you can connect with Brent there. I'm sure he would love to interact with you and follow up on anything he mentioned today. You can also check out uh, the Lyft Tour that Brent and team put on coming to cities around you and across the country and Student Leadership University. You can find out more about their summer programming, yeah. uh, Student Leadership University. You can see all of that stuff at slulead.com, also Youth Pastor Summit. So those three things. And this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time. 